Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Good morning, and welcome to the program. Uh, yeah, I had a bit of a tech issue this morning, um, and, uh, we finally, well, anyway, it's, hi, we're here. Uh, we're not on the radio right now, but we are broadcasting live across the interwebs. We're going to be rejoining the radio here at the top of the hour and taking up the last hour of the program this morning with our normal Wednesday traffic. And that of course will be with, uh, Mike shower, Mike shower for the shower hour of power. It is, uh, oh, it's painful, man. It is painful this morning. It was definitely uh, disappointing. I stepped in and uh, to the studio and my main computer, um, we should all say a prayer for my, should all say a prayer for my main studio computer because it is no more. It is, it is dead. Cold Judd is dead. Cold Judd Fry is dead. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's post-toasties because of the ghosties. Yep, the ghost in the machine gave up, and uh, so uh, nothing but nothing but bad news all the way around. So uh, anyway, uh, computer's dead. Uh, the blah 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 blah, and here we are. Um, it is uh, ready to go. Um, we're going to jump into this here in just a hot second. Uh, we're about, uh, oh, about 11 minutes now, 12 minutes from rejoining the radio and uh, kicking things off for hour two of the big radio program, what would normally be hour two. And so uh, we're here. Yeah, we're he- Nothing like a little rush, rush, rush to try and, you know, to get your day. So I was, it was, it started out as a, it's still a good day. You know what? It's still a good day. I got my use out of it. I think that PC is like eight years old now, and uh, I got I got my it did well. It did well. So um, you know now it's going to be a full weekend of tearing everything down and rebuilding and doing all that kind of stuff. But it's fine. It's only a few hours of work that I would have otherwise spent with my family. But other than that. <laughs> So how are you guys this morning? You guys ready to rock and roll? You guys ready to uh, go into it? Oh man, that's not right. Uh, oh, there it is, Radio America. Okay, sorry. I'm just I'm um, I'm looking at what's going on in Fairbanks on the radio station there, making sure that we're all good. Uh, hard sink. Blah 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 blah. Okay, all right. Gotta watch that magic smoke. Uh, no, there was no smoking. There was no smoke. It was more along the lines of. Hi, you're screwed. That was <laughs> climb onto my computer this morning, and it's like, oh, uh, oh, yeah, that broken. That's broken. That doesn't work. Oh, uh, Houston, we have a problem. 
Uh, of course, this all started at like 10 minutes after 5 this morning. And so now I'm ready to really go to work and get things done. Uh, headlines, headlines, who's got your headlines? You ready to dive into some of these now? I don't have a lot to start with this morning um, because we don't have uh, – <clears throat> uh, we only have a, a short period of uh, – a uh, short period of time here before we run out the uh, run out the clock. Uh, we will be rejoining all the radio stations at the top of the hour. So Debbie just asked about the radio station in Fairbanks. We'll be rejoining uh, both the stations in the interior and the stations on the peninsula uh, after the top of the hour news. So they got to do their normal top of the hour news. I just I can't just interrupt everything. Uh, I mean I could, but it just makes a hot mess. So it makes it cleaner and better and easier to just. <sighs> Rejoin at the top of the hour. How about that? Wondering where you were. Yeah, I got a couple text messages this morning, which appreciated, appreciated, but just serious technology issues. It's hump day. It's 420. It's 420, dude. It's 420. I I may need to, speaking of magic smoke, uh, anyway, uh, so we're going to, uh, oh man, we're going to jump into it. All right, so what's the headlines today? Uh, first and foremost, share this show with you this morning because everybody think I died. I mean, or something, you know, that, that, that there's like, where to go? He's gone. Oh, they got him. No, I, it wasn't big tech. It was, you know, it was, uh, um, it was, it was other things. Um, so anyway, we're going to, uh, we're going to jump into that. It's KFAR 660 AM, 97.5 FM, Debbie. If you don't have an AM radio, it's 97.5 FM. In Fairbanks. Uh, and you can always go to my website at michaeldukeshow.com. And we've got a list of all the different frequencies and everything wherever you are. So you can check them all. All right. Where was I going? Um, oh, the uh, the headlines. The headlines. It wasn't big tech. Nope, it was little tech. It's what I get for trying to limp along a Windows 7 machine in a Windows 11 world. Right? Because now it's Windows 11 or Windows 10. Um, so this is the story that caught my head, my, my, this is the headlines that caught my eye today. Senator Sullivan is backing fellow Republican, I should use the word Republican in air quotes, is supporting fellow Republican Lisa Murkowski in her reelection bid this year and said Tuesday he's not yet endorsed a candidate for the race for the Alaska House. Says he's still hurting over the loss of Don Young and said when it comes time to uh, for a successor, he's interested in having a fighter like Don Young was uh, and a Republican. That's what he wants. Um, <laughs> he said he had come out previously in support of Murkowski and said he is supporting all Republican Senate incumbents. Said he would like Republicans to take control of both the House and the Senate after this fall's election. I don't know how that's going to play out. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm disappointed. I mean, Dan and I don't agree on everything, but I'm disappointed in this. I mean, here's a Republican who's been censured by her own party, asked by her own party not to run, has been lambasted by pretty much all of the in-state party establishment. And he's like, oh, no, no, I got I got it. Now, granted, I understand that he's in a hard position. You know, you still got to work with the woman. And uh, if he endorses, you know, Kelly Shabaka or somebody else, um, 
and and she lo- and you know and, and Murkowski wins re-election, it uh, it it makes it really difficult, right? It would make it very uncomfortable. It would awkward, you know. So, but I don't know. I mean, I just think this is the. I think this is the wrong move. To me, it would have been better. It was still, but would have been awkward if he said, "Hey, I'm, um, um, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not endorsing anybody this round." I think that would have been the safe move. Um, it would have still been awkward because Murkowski had been like, "Hey, brother, why can't you support me?" Uh, but I think again, I think it it would have been the safer move. I think he really has a chance here to um, to enrage some of the more conservative members of uh, his party. But maybe he feels safe and isolated from that. Maybe he feels like that's okay. Um, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him in a while. But uh, it, uh, you know, I, I think that oh, Susie in the chat room just said, Dan Sullivan's never going to get another vote from me. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's how people feel. Maybe that's, I think maybe there'll be more people that feel that way. I Again, I think he would have been, the safe mood would have been just to say that he's declining to endorse anybody. Alaskans will decide. That's it. If I was Dan, I would have grabbed the microphone and said, well, it's not about me. It's what about Alaskans will decide. Alaskans will make this decision. <laughs> He doesn't want to get offed. What? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> anyway, I think it's the wrong move. I, I really do. But what are you going to do? He's not up for re-election. People got short memories. By the time his election time comes uh, comes around, um, he that most people will have forgotten this because again, people have short memories. Um. It'll cost him, says Christine. Yeah, but it, will it cost him enough? I mean, he has been pretty, I mean, you know, again, things that I agree with, things that I don't agree with. But overall, he's not making waves or rocking the boat. He's not doing the things that Lisa Murkowski's been doing. And I think he's been standing up at some key times and making some, you know, key votes and key arguments that I think, you know, keep him in good standing with a lot of this. But I think this, I think this shows one thing. Uh, and one thing only. I think it shows that Senator Dan Sullivan is a politician. That's that's what it comes down to. He's a politician. And um, maybe he's trying to play the long game because he feels like she's going to get reelected and he wants to have a brownie point in her corner or whatever. But I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see where that goes. But again, not great news from uh, speaking of endorsements. Did you <laughs> did you see that Sarah Palin's ex father in law has endorsed Nick Baggage? This is the post on Facebook. Oh my God! One of the fortunate things about living in Alaska is that we know many of our elected officials and candidates on a first name basis. It also makes it hard sometimes in picking who we vote for. This election, Nick Baggage is getting my vote. He's hardworking, committed, and has the insight and ability to effectively stand up for Alaska. Jim Palin. <laughs> Man, you thought those Thanksgiving dinners were awkward early, you know, before. 
and when they had this nasty kind of divorce and everything else. Um, now, oh man, ow. Oh man, that's just, I read that this morning. I was like, well, speaking of awkward. (laughs) Oh, and finally, the third story that I wanted to get to, if you've been following this story about the Palmer City Council, uh, where three of the most liberal members were all part of the social justice movement and Matsu Mom's demand action or demands accounting or de- whatever they're doing. Anyway, so there was a recall election yesterday. And um, the, by a landslide, these three politicians who treated people with such disdain, such arrogance, who, who shut down dissent, who tried to fly their social justice flags for all, um, they're gone. I mean, they are. I mean, as preliminary votes, there's still another uh, 450 ballots to be counted, et cetera, et cetera. But overall, um, the they would have to have some kind of monumental mathematical miracle. Monumental mathematical miracle. Wow. Uh, to make this happen, because right now every one of them is lo- is losing uh, 62% of the people want them out. Minimum, 62.7, 63.4, 62.2. They are gone. Bye, Felicia. I mean, like, wow. People stood up and, and said, you know, I mean, th- that was the thing. The secret meetings, then they're like, oh, this isn't any big deal. No, no, that that's a secret meeting. I mean, that's, that's, I don't care who you are. It's a secret meeting. So we'll, we'll see what goes on here. We'll be watching for it. But again, it would be a mon- monumental mathematical miracle for them to turn around right now and uh, get those votes swinging in the other, in the other direction. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But... um. Yeah, it's good news. Good news for the people of Palmer, and maybe they'll get some. Maybe they'll start paying attention to what's going on in their city council. Maybe they'll stop. Maybe they'll stop. Um, you know, maybe they'll stop electing these no neck do gooders. No neck do gooders. Um. All right. Well, we're coming up on the top. You ready? I know it's the theme song in fifteen minutes, but it is what it is. Ready to join? Let's let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Whew. Let's get into it. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. 
It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet, man, and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, it is the Michael Duke Show. Hi, guys. Yeah, sorry. Massive technical problem this morning. I walked into the studio and my computer woke up and said, not today, pal. And uh, that was pretty much the end. It was like, sucker, you're done. So, scramble, 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 uh, try and figure things out, try and make it work, can't do it, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, here we are. We're back. We're back, baby. So, no hour one today, although I did, was able to finally log on to Facebook here about 15, 20 minutes ago and able to get started and talk with the listeners there and do all that, but it's just too hard to interrupt a, a radio hour in the middle of another show. And it, anyway, top of the hour, one hour left. Good for us. So I overslept. Somebody said, yeah, uh-huh. uh, no, I mean this, I wish I had overslept cause it was like a bad dream. It was like a bad, when you walk in, you start wiggling the mouse and you start clicking on stuff and you're like, well, it's all broke. Uh, I mean, it's all really, really broken. Um, anyway, uh, so anyway, hour two, it is Wednesday. And Wednesdays are our days to visit with our friend State Senator Mike Shower uh, for the Shower Hour of Power. Luckily, the phones still work, and uh, I believe he's on the line with us right now. Hello, my friend. How are you? I am here, but it took three tries to get through the phone. I oh. think you made somebody mad. I may have made somebody mad. It's not big tech. It's little tech. And you sound like you're on the other end of a bathroom somewhere. I don't know if you can get closer to your phone or uh, what's going on, but uh, it sounds like you're in the men's locker room uh, uh, talking to us this morning. Although that may be my end as well. I mean, it's just the way today's kind of going, so it's all good. Um, um, so, my friend, uh, here we are, day one million of the legislative session. Um, we've we're 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 at the ninety day mark. We're we're cruising into the one twenty. Um, and, uh, we still don't have a budget from the Senate. I'm sure that the Senate majority, their will, I'm sure is being exercised right now by the Senate finance committee. And, uh, so, uh, I don't know, give us an update. Let's, let's start off with the update and see what you got going on. Hit us with that first. Well, how's the sound? Is that better? It's a little better, a little better. Huh? Interesting. So what is happening in Juneau with the Senate? Let me see. Hmm. Well, we <clears throat> are waiting for the Senate Finance Committee to hand us what appears to be Senate Bill 199, which is, as I told you weeks ago, first at this point, it's been about a month, where I said this is what the fix will be, you know, as far as the, you know, the gambling setup, the fix is in, uh, and what the plan from the Senate finance co-chairs, I'm assuming, with other finance members and who, and as I also said, in coordination, I'm sure, with people in the House, depending on who that is, because, you know, when you, all you got to do is really look at the board, right? Look at the votes over the last few years, and pretty easy to see who supports a statutory PFD, a, a 50-50, or a, 
you know, $500 PFD, whatever. So it's not like this is any secret. And what Senate Bill 199 is essentially, as I've said before, but to remind everybody, is Senate Bill 53 from last fall, which will they're working on this week, and I anticipate may come out any day now. <clears throat> and that is a 75-25, but not 75 for you, 75% more for government, which means all but a small percentage of the royalties, earnings, taxes, everything that comes from oil and gas, et cetera, and the earnings, I say earnings, the draw of the uh, percent of market value, um, almost all of that goes to government. A small portion, if Senate Bill 199 was to pass, um, 25% would go to the people. And that's, you know, if I look at the draw now, that'd be about $1,000 PFD uh, instead of 4200 ballpark, of course, you know, in that, and that's what some people want, Mike. Some people want that small PFD. <clears throat> I've said it before. They they want to prevent taxes because they're wealthy or retired or whatever. Some people want it because they, they work for unions and they want it for big government. Some people just, you know, think that's the way it ought to be. And, you know, there's others that disagree, you know, that want smaller government or, um, you know, in my case, I've said it very clearly. I said I grew up poor. Um, the PFD, the dividend helps the bottom two thirds of the middle class and the poor, who's most of us, you know, from a citizen perspective, it's most people in the state because when you get to the top percentages, that's not very many people in total. Yeah, but that's what that's what Senate Bill 199 is. That comes out sometime this week or next week from finance, and the Senate will debate it. Of course, you know what was sent over in the budget from the House. Uh, you know, essentially that same thing. So, you know, that's where I say the fix is in, because don't think for one second the Senate finance co-chairs are not dealing with people in the House and coordinating with them on what the plan is going to be. <clears throat> and then I would guess we're going to we're going to duke this out on the floor. I would guess that the Senate is going to come in with a higher number. What that is, I don't know. Um, I've heard a lot of talk about it's going to be at least a 50-50, which is 2,400, but maybe higher. So, again, you know, it depends on where the votes are right. and who does this. But remember, even if, because remember last year, Mike, the good old, you know, very biased, liberal elite, you know, freaking Anchorage Daily News, uh, you know, editorial board, um, you know, had a picture of me and Mia high-fiving after, you know, the amendment that I put out, which was the 50-50 for 2400 passed the Senate. And remember, they called it the last worst idea of the legislative session. How <laughs> dare us, you know, help our people, right? Right. Help. You got to take care of, you know, rich people like us on the Anchors Daily News. Right. You know, editorial board. But, uh, I mean, remember, forget, forget about the fact that we're in a pandemic and everybody's lost their jobs and there's been the yeah, yeah. dearth of money and everything else in this day. Forget about that. The last worst idea. That's right. Last worst idea ever. How dare you take care of the people and care about them? You know, but take care of those government people, you know, because they haven't missed a paycheck. You don't want them, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're important. So remember, <laughs> um, it's, it's not over, folks, and that's the thing. Because even then, you know, even though we were happy that that amendment passed and quite honestly shocked, um, you still will go to a conference committee because whatever passes, they know they've been, you know, doing this for years. They're not stupid. Um, you may not like what they do, but they're very smart about the rules here and how it works. And, Whatever's in there and whatever's in the budget will go to a conference committee. That conference committee will be the Senate finance co-chairs and, and one minority member from each body, six people. And that's where we lose every time. So they'll come back and they'll, you know, 
they'll already have the fix in, Mike. They will already have negotiated the whole things for show pretty right. much at this point. And they'll negotiate it down to something, you know, right. or whatever, and then they'll come back and say, this is well, your option. Right. Well, because, I mean, again, the conference committee made up of the finance committee co-chairs and a minority member, right, essentially. And we already know that the Senate finance co-chairs are both on board with the 75-25 idea already. So, I mean, this is, again, this could all, this whole thing is basically, oh, yeah, we'll do the 50-50 PFD, no problem. Uh, But, you know, in conference committee, we've, you know, compromises have to be made. And so even though this aligns with everything that I've been saying for the last year that I want, we're going to have to do it. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, true. But the real, like I said, Mike, the problem is that you go from, you know, it's almost back to the old binding caucus that, you know, I'm trying to keep from, you know, rearing its ugly head here. Is that it goes from, oh, well, you got to bite at the apple. You know, don't worry. That's why a mining caucus is okay. We can tell you how to vote at the end and, and threaten you with the coercion if you don't, because, you know, you've got a chance to, you know, have some input. First of all, if you're in the Senate, for example, or the House, you know, you only sit on a couple of budget subcommittees, right? You're only get, you only get to chair them and actually make the decisions if you're on finance, which is only, you know, a third of the body. So that's number one. Number two, you only sit on a couple budget subcommittees, so you don't get a bite at the apple with the whole budget. You get a tiny slice of it, another lie that people continue to propagate. And then thirdly, at the end of the day, Mike, the ones with the real power are, the, are, the sub, are the, both the subcommittee budget chairs and then the, the finance co-chairs because they can accept it or reject it. They can pretty much do whatever the heck they want because they're chairmen. Chairmen have a lot of power. And then when you go to the conference committee, they can – pretty much do what they want again, depending on whether it's, you know, limited or free conference. And I know those are archaic terms, but the reality is the power is in a few hands. And if the power was in the hands of people that wanted a higher PFD, a lower budget, whatever, then that could be done depending on the votes. Um, you know, the only real chance a lot of us have to do anything, and some people don't like it, is, is make amendments on the floor and, and battle it out. Go, oh, we want to do this in the subcommittee. But no, you don't. You don't get the chance to do it. And they shut it all down and do what they want. So why do you think we have to have that battle on the floor when I put that amendment in last year? You know, the last worst idea ever. Because <laughs> it is. So, the, um, was. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see um, where it goes. I mean, there is – you still have to have the votes. I mean, even if you're a you know a powerful co-chair, you got to have the votes. So it's possible that we'll vote and there will be the votes for a 50-50 or higher with something in there. So we might see that in the Senate if the co-chairs – you know, don't have the votes, they might actually, you know, do what the, the will of the majority of the body, I won't even say the Senate majority, just the body, because, right. again, they still have to have the votes to pass what they do. If they completely go off the rails and come back, you know, I mean, maybe even some of the Democrats would go to heck with it, because, you know, some of the Democrats, to be fair, have been very staunch PFD supporters, too. So, um, you know, the votes may not be there to pass something less, so we might be successful, but it's really, at the end of the day, it's all about that conference committee. You know, what's the agreement, what do they do? And I have a feeling this year, if it doesn't go well, we might end up in a second conference committee, and that's going to be fascinating because it can't be the same people. So the finance right. co-chairs, especially the operating co-chair that's been running the, you know, ruling the roost for four years now with the money, can't be on it. Right. And that will be fascinating because it'll be the same in the House. And then you go with four or really six new members. That could be interesting this year with how things play out. So we'll see. I don't know. Well, I mean, that- that'll spar from over. Look, I mean, would that not be kind of the best worst case scenario of it just doesn't get done in the first go around and they have to impanel a second conference committee? 
I mean, wouldn't that well, be? I mean, wouldn't couldn't that be what we could hope for at this point? Because we uh, should hope for that. Yeah, it will probably be something better. Yeah, then, that's what I'm saying. At least I mean, we're on the PFD, right? Yeah. So I guess my and, and, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and frankly, Mike, that is the that is a, a not an that isn't a likely option this year, just because of where it sits and in what certain people want versus what others want. And I will tell you, and I'll still say it in the Senate, there's the votes for at least a 50-50. And quite frankly, I think there's the votes for quite a bit higher than that this year. And I don't know how you justify any other position. They'll say what they say, you know, because the people that hate the PFD or don't want it or whatever will have all kinds of great arguments, you know, so-called. Not that I agree with any of them or you or most of your audience, but they'll make the pitch for it. But I think that you will find if it's not something much higher this year and or we don't have the, the courage or we don't have the votes or whatever happens if we don't change the statute and align something with the, with the, in the Constitution, then I just think you're going to see a lot of chaos uh, and a lot of breakdown. And quite frankly, I'll go back to the same thing. You'll see me say it on the floor, Mike. I said, you just handed us a constitutional convention. Whether you like it or not, if you don't pass a, a, a solid, if not a statutory PFD, at least darn close to it, and we don't do something in the Constitution to protect it moving forward, I'm just going to look there because this, you must want a constitutional convention because everything you're doing here in the legislature is pushing people to want to vote for that to fix this problem. And that's what I think, Mike. It's like you're almost handing it to those that want it on a silver platter because we just like refuse to know to acknowledge what the people want. Like it or not, it doesn't matter, Mike. And you know, like I said, if we could means test the PFD, fine, I'd do it. I don't need it, but I'm going to fight for it because I grew up poor, and I know how important it is. Right, but, right. And, and enough people have said, you know what, do it anyways and enact the sales tax or do the oil tax or do something different because it helps the poor people, the poorest amongst us, and the, and the you know bottom portion of the middle class. And for those that are you know doing better, you know, the PFD, if you file it, it's just going to go to whatever that tax probably would be, right? I mean, there's all kinds of arguments is the point. So it will be fascinating to watch what happens, but the dynamics of higher oil prices, the size of the, the permanent fund itself right now with the growth um, is just going to, in the end, add, like I said before, the money coming in from the federal government. <laughs> just, you can't, you can't, nobody can deny that we have this much money sitting around that you can't pay a statutory PFT. We can pay it without one dime, one dime of deficit spending right now. And then we can, you know, do whatever we're going to do move forward, Mike. But if you don't pass the, the constitutional side, like I said, it's just who's going to believe that, right? I mean, right. That, that constitutional amendment that says, you know, I can go there, that says, you know, it will be paid in accordance with the statute, you know, but it has to be, you know, you have to have that little ditty in there about if the people – you know, if, if there's going to be any changes moving forward, the people get to vote on them. Without that, what's the point? You can say all day long there's going to be a PFD in the Constitution according to the statute. What difference does that matter? Because we're going to change the statute. We don't follow it. So, you know, if we came back to, well, yeah, this year we can only afford a $1 PFD, this, you know what the Supreme Court's going to do? They're going to go, yeah, well, you're the appropriate authority, and all it says is that there has to be a PFD. <laughs> it doesn't say how much, just in discourse with the statute. But, hey, we already said you don't have to follow the statute. So, you know, do what you want. So we'll see. A lot of <clears throat> interesting twists and turns this year. Mike Showers, our guest. Uh, we're talking about what's going on. Uh, the big question, which we're going to, I'll tease you with, and then we'll go to break. But the big question is, you know, why can't if if we've got uh, if we've got allies on both sides of the aisle, and you've talked about that having you know 
this is not necessarily a Republican versus Democrat. Uh, you know, this could be parsed out as pro PFD versus anti PFD or pro government spend versus private sector spend, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> then why haven't we seen something been floated somewhere along the lines of a full PFD overall? That uh, at least you know, is it because it has to go through Senate finance and it'll immediately be quashed, or you know, what's the reason why? So let's well, think, yeah, well, well, don't I mean, don't answer, don't answer, uh, yeah, oh, don't answer. I, I'm just gonna say I just gave you what I what I gave you, so don't uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, all right, <clears throat> we're gonna uh, continue here. The Michael Luke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll continue with more here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, <clears throat> we're in the break. Everything's rolling. Um, Mike Shower is our guest, um, and I and I, I really want to I really want to dive down into that. But so you're saying that the Senate that, that the the rumor is right now that they may produce a a, a PFD in this budget that's at fifty fifty, but uh, or maybe even higher, maybe even higher, but that eventually it has to come down to those same six people, the same six people who've been basically manipulating the whole legislature. Oh, well, four of the six uh, this whole time. Well, yeah, Mike, they have the power. If I was sitting there, I could, you know, do a lot of this, too. It would just depend on who's there and what the, you know, what their perspective is on things, what they're going to do. And and like I've said before, I mean, you know, we went through that negotiation a year and a half ago and threats were made and a musk ox caucus, you know, was threatened if we didn't go along, you know, and do that, et cetera. And I guess we could have done that, but then we'd have been in the minority and you'd be no better off. Um, so yes, it does come down to that, Mike. It always has, right? I said it before, I've added a number to it. I always hear the twenty one eleven and one. Well remember I've added I said twenty one eleven and five because you've got to have a Supreme Court, you know, majority. Right. So, you know, twenty one eleven and one and X. So yeah. Well that um, that brings <clears throat> that brings up an interesting point. You were just saying, you know, well, you know, the Muscox Muscox caucus and then you guys are on the outside looking in. You know, I, I start to wonder, Mike in the long run, if maybe, and, and hear me out here, don't, 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 uh, don't hurt me, but uh, maybe that's what should have happened because, you know, we know what happened to the last, you know, group of muskox, what happened to the, to a lot of them, they got the ax. If they started working hand in glove and doing all the things and the Democrats had a, had a modicum of control and we started with all the social justice stuff and they continued to cut the PFD and all this other kind of stuff. It would be a rallying cry for people to go, whoa, 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 wait yeah, a second. Mike, this isn't what we do you, wanted. Do you know what you would have ended up with? Uh, tell me. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly curious. Think about it, Mike. But think about it. At least, at least, and I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying, but I think about how horrifying that scenario would even be. This is much like H.R. 1 from the, you know, from the U.S. Congress with the Senate that at least could filibuster and block that HR one, which was the, you know, anybody vote anytime, you know, anywhere with no rules and right. who cares if they're cheating and the Senate, thank God blocked that stupid piece of legislation. Can you imagine if the Democrats controlled the house as they do now, and we gave control essentially to very moderate at best Republicans and 
seven Democrats, what we would have right now, Mike, you would already have all the social justice stuff and CRT and everything else going on and, and a small PFD. And there'd have been nothing we could do to block it in the policy committees. There'd be no election. Well, there'd be election reform. It'd be the one you don't want. And it probably would have passed already. Because remember, all they need is a majority vote for all these things we're talking about. These are not two-thirds or anything else. You just need 11. And Mike, they get 11 anyways a lot of the time. You know, But sometimes when it's the, the more contentious stuff, we have control of policy committees and other stuff. At least I'm talking about the Senate, right? We have control of committees that can block those things or not hear them, depending on what they are. Um, but could you imagine if they had that kind of control for the last two years where we would be right now? And I'm not, again, I'm not justifying, I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying, but think about it. Sometimes you're playing blocking position, right? You're playing defense. And quite frankly, I'd like to be in the offense. But when it comes to some of these things, we're playing defense because there aren't that many. People keep saying it, or we keep voting them out. Well, you have voted about two-thirds of the legislature out in the last seven plus or minus years. Nothing's changed, but a lot of the same people that are in the positions of power and have been there the longest and keep putting together these coalitions and have just enough to block everything, especially with the latest changes of more moderate Republicans, plus some of the it's Look at the numbers, brother. Just look at the board. Say what you want, but look at the board. The numbers never work out for whatever the reasons are. So imagine <laughs> if you had essentially a Democrat-controlled Senate and House in Alaska when you had a majority of Republicans. You know what I'd be getting right now if I did that mm. and all this bad stuff is capped? I would be getting – you would be crushing me right now. So would your audience for allowing that to happen. I know how that would go. I'd be destroyed right now. for How dare you let all that stuff – it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know if my I, response. I don't know if I would be crushing you, but I mean, you know, because it's would be uh, happy. Well, you know, at some point, it's at some point the machine's got to get broken. You know, what I mean, at this point, uh, hold the line. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. All right. <clears throat> so before we went to break, uh, we asked Mike Showers a question and then prevented him from answering. And I think you see a little blood trickling out of the side of his nose at this point uh, from holding back on that. But uh, I, I basically asked him, I said, look, uh, you know, why if we if we do have allies on the on the Democrat side of the aisle uh, in the in the in the Senate, and, uh, you know, everybody really wants a larger PFD. I mean, why didn't we just get a full PFD bill put together and, uh, and, and get the Senate to vote on it? Is it because all of that stuff ends up going through the Senate Finance Committee and they are not exercising the will of the majority or what's the skinny? And Mike was going to jump into that and then I stopped him. So, Mike, the, the floor is yours, my friend. Because that's the question, and people are like, you know, look, if we if we all want a PFD, and all the polling shows that that Alaskans want a full PFD. I mean, the polling, Wilikowski put some out the other day. We've seen some over the last four or five months that every poll that's asked with a straightforward kind of question, you know, what do you think? People want the full PFD. And so the question then becomes, why wasn't a bill introduced to do that, and why can't it get to the floor for a vote so we Mike, can put people on record? So I'm just – Hit me with it. I know. 
It's it's been there. And for those that love or hate Dunleavy, he put him in the second he got in back in 2019. Those bills for a full PFD, for a payback of the PFD, for constitutionalization of the PFD, Willikowski's put it in, I put stuff in, Dunleavy's had it in. It's been all over the place. Those bills have been in for years to do this. But if the co-chairs or the chairs of the committees and the ones I've been have all passed all that stuff, I mean, I've passed and voted for it every time including I put amendments on the floor, like the worst idea ever. Remember last year, like I just said a few minutes ago. They're there, Mike. They've been there. But if, for example, finance won't hear the bills or only hear the bills they want, what can you do? There aren't a lot of options available to us. You could look at a pull something out of committee, you know, like on the floor. That's been tried a few times. I've been part of that vote, but we never get the votes for it because, oh, they don't want to upset the apple cart or whatever you know, people's reasons are, or, you know, Hey, I want to be, I got to be friends with everybody the next two years. Cause you know, these people want to be around doing these jobs forever. So they're, they are there and they have been there, but they won't get heard or they won't get moved. Or if they do hear it, they strip it down to something else or they just sit on it forever. The bills for the, the full PFD and constitutionalization, the governor's had them in for it. They've been sitting in finance, Mike forever in a day. So they are there, there, and they won't be heard or moved. And if they come out, they're going to be much different than you want or the majority of people. You are not wrong. They know the polling data. The majority of Alaskans, I don't know what the latest number would be, but the majority has always been in favor of a statutory PFD or at least a big one, you know, 50-50 plus or something, always. Those numbers haven't wavered a whole lot. And quite frankly, when we did this in 2019 and the governor immediately put him in and I heard him and we had all that public testimony in state affairs because I was chairing it then, thousands of people called and wrote in and gave testimony for the PFD. It was, it was almost it was really amazing. I think back to that. It was almost identical to 1999, the numbers of support versus opposition, where in 1999, the legislature toyed with the idea and put it out there. And they didn't even touch it after that. because like, whoa. Almost everybody wants to be a piece like bad idea. Don't do it. Well, these days, you know, after thank you, Governor Walker, throwing this state into chaos by doing it himself and just saying heck with it. Well, now we have that problem. So um, it is there, Mike. And it really wouldn't matter. Your idea that you brought up in the break. Well, why don't you just, you know, just sit off on the side and be your own minority. I'm being a bit facetious. It would be the same because the people that would have coalesced together you know, to have a muskox caucus in the Senate, just like the House is, um, we'd be doing the same thing they're doing now, and we'd be sitting off on the side with no control. We wouldn't have the ability to do any policy stuff. We wouldn't have the ability to block bad bills. We'd just be sitting there, and then everybody'd be mad at us. How come you did that? You know, that was my answer to you in the break. Right. It's your fault that all this bad stuff's happening. Really? You don't want us to be in the caucus with the with the folks that are moderates and others and that kind. Of, but you you. Don't want the bad stuff to have. What do you want, folks? We don't have the flipping numbers. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I mean, love it or hate it, Mike, that's the reality. That is how our system works. I don't necessarily like it, but nobody wants a dictatorship either, you know, because what if the dictator is the anti-PFD when you just lost? If your dictator was good and a benevolent one and wouldn't grab all the power, well, maybe it'd work. Just that you and I have discussed this many times. Historically, that doesn't work real well. So, usually. Dictatorships usually turn out bad. Most <laughs> yeah, I mean the benevolent dictatorship is kind of an oxymoron, but you know we know yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so, you know that's that's where we are, Mike. That's the reality. It ain't perfect. Got it, but 
The reality is the votes may or may not be there this year because the dynamics have changed. The Constitutional Convention is putting tremendous pressure on legislators because many of them don't want that. And frankly, you and I have discussed it, and I don't, it's not my preferred path. I just think it's the path now. I don't think anything else is going to work. The legislature, the big unions, the big business, the big lobbyists and special interests control this state, and they're going to fight with every last breath to stop it because they think the people will take back the power and do something with the dividend and maybe some other things. So that's going to be tough, but that's putting pressure on. All the money's flowed into the state. It's different this year. The the battle this year is different. The pandemic did not move or melt people's hearts the last couple of years. I tried. You saw my four speeches. I tried over and over, just appeal to people's emotions, to to their good nature, to help the people with the pandemic and destroyed economy and all the crap. Didn't matter. This year's interesting. Constitutional conventions on the docket. All the money floating around on the docket. All of a sudden, it's real hard for the people that have been anti-PFD, plus still economic malaise, right? It's real hard for people. You know, people that have been pretty anti are kind of going, well, so it's an interesting year. Different than it has been. Right. We'll see. Uh, Mike Schauer is our guest, um, GOP state senator from District E. So where do we sit right now? What's the timing look like, Mike? Where do we, you know, what what, what kind of timing are we looking at? What's it going to go to? And um, and I guess how do we facilitate? Uh, you know, we, we said that the best the best scenario on this whole deal is that it goes to conference committee the first time and they stalemate. Um, how, how do we make that happen? Oh, um, we will see what how that happens. But, I mean, the reality will be for us is you're going to have to, you know, see what comes out on the floor because that's where the battle in the Senate election is going to take place. And that will probably be. Not this week, because the bill's got to come out, and there's a Republican convention and blah, blah, all kinds of other stuff going on. But um, I would imagine probably next week, most likely, is that the bill will make it to the floor, and then the fight will be on about amending it and trying to come up with something that's reasonable and have the votes over. Because that's the change. That, that's not the budget. This is the bill to change the statutory formula, as well as trying to get something out on the constitutional side. To constitutionalize because if we don't constitutionalize it, I'm not sure the bill is going to pass because there's not enough votes. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Because what, what again, I go back to what's the point of a statute change? No, we're not going to follow it anyways. Who cares? You don't have a constitutional side, that's just stupid. I'm not, I'm not playing that game again, Charlie Brown. You're not going to pull the football, you know, out for me this time, Lucy. Not buying it. So, you know, that will be the battle on the floor over the constitutionalization of it in the Senate and the statutory change. That's not the budget, though. The budget's the next phase, which they now have, and they're going over it. That in the next week or couple weeks, that will come out. We might end up putting the PFD in there again this year or, you know, adding to it or trying to amend that, too, um, because, you know, the budget has grown, especially if you consider forward funding for education for $1.2 billion and, you know, money for paying off the oil tax credits and some BSA change that they kind of snuck in. There's a lot right. of extra money. Or they so, wanted the money they wanted to deposit into the corpus of the fund and, and do all this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, that was kind of funny, actually. I watched one of the, uh, I think it was in Senate Finance yesterday testifying, and they're talking about, well, you know, the, the fund's gone down all these years, you know, and there's less money available, et cetera, et cetera. Go, yeah, it is, but how come you didn't mention that you put, you know, you put billions of dollars into the fund, and now you act like, well, you know, you know, from the, like the earnings reserve, you put billions of dollars of the money in into the corpus to, you know, long-term protect it. And then you say, well, you know, we've drained that corpus. It's very dangerous. I'm like, yep, but you didn't mention the fact that a lot of the money actually went into the corpus, so it's better. But, hey, we won't go there. So 
Right. It's always how you drained it. Right. You drained. Yeah, you drained out the ERA by draining that money into the corpus, which increases the earning power in the long run. Which means, I mean, look, Mike. The the only way, the only place you guys are going to really have an opportunity is once the budget comes out of finance and goes to the floor for amendments, because then it can't go back to finance. Well, I mean, I guess it's a, the conference, you know, whatever. But you know, at that point. You can make those amendments. Is there a move amongst you and others, including those on the other side of the aisle who are pro PFD, to try and uh, and make those amendments to increase them? Stay tuned. Stay t- <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. But if you think we're just going to sit back and take it, Mike, you're wrong. And you know we're not going to. So yes, there will be a battle, and we'll see who has the most votes. I don't know, Mike. There's no way to tell at this point. And some people, quite frankly, promise one thing and do another. How many times have we gone through that watching the board? Right. So yeah, I, but, I don't know. Well, you some know, people sit there and watch the board to the last second before they put their vote. Look, there, look. I honestly don't know. We know that they don't want to get people's hopes up, Mike. We they don't. We don't want to give people's hope that there might be a you know that there might be a a, a you know a, a full PFD in the future. So. You'll see people that say, we just we shouldn't vote for that because you might get people's hopes up that they're going to get a full PFD. Well, again, Mike, I don't know. I don't know what people are going to, how they're going to vote until we see it up there. And sometimes I'm surprised. Sometimes I'm surprised positively. Sometimes I'm surprised negatively or disappointed, maybe a better word. I mean, I just, we won't know until it's on the floor and the amendments come out for whatever different things to do with it on different topics, and then we'll see. But until then, you and I are just sitting here speculating. Because I honestly, I couldn't tell you, Mike. I don't know anymore how people are going to vote. I hear one thing and see something else, and I'm just not sure. Which is why, one more reason why I don't trust anything other than a, a constitutional protection of the PFD moving forward, which has to have a vote of the people. Because without it, right, I have absolutely zero faith will follow it. I don't know how more clear I can be on that point. Mike Schauer is our guest, GOP State Senator for District E. We got one final segment coming up, and uh, we'll give, as we usually do, give Mike the final segment to talk about whatever the hell he wants to talk about. And so we'll dive into that here in just a second. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show if you want to be part of it there. We will continue with more. Right after these messages. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Mike Shower, <clears throat> Mike Shower is our guest. Uh, boy, I was going to ask you something during the break, and I just totally forgot what it was. Um, oh, I know what it was. Um, did you by any? I know you're a busy man and everything. Did you by any chance get a chance to listen to yesterday's segment with Brad Keithley? Uh, no, dude. I was I was busy from like early morning because I'm in the pitch of back to you know why being in the caucus and majority matters. Um, on trying to finish the amendments to my Senate Bill 39, which is the bill I'm working on, you know, for the election reforms. Right. So I'm into the pitch now trying to finish that in judiciary to get it to finance in the next week or so so we can hear it and hopefully get it out, match it with the House bill and try to get something done. Because while the PFD battle's taking place in the budget, Mike, it's all about other stuff too, right? Trying to finish the election stuff because that's so important. 
and old people want this and they want that and they want all these different things. I'm like, okay, I understand that, but how many things do you think we you know one group, you know, one person or one you know office can work on? So right, everybody tells me how important that is too, right? You know, want the BFD, want the election reform, want judicial reform. Like, folks, there's only so many things we can get to, or could even could even get through, right? Because certain committees and people won't even hear certain things, or one body or the other won't hear it. So, anyways, that just the answer. Long answer, to short question is no, I didn't because I'm in the we are in the final push, you know, on the election stuff right now as well. Brad so. had some. Uh, we took him for almost the full hour on um, talking about the Constitutional Convention. And he had brought up some things that I hadn't considered. Um, again, I'm still kind of on the fence on whether or not the ConCon's a good idea. And I suggested that, um, I mean, you guys are, you know, you guys are friendly, you know, kind of we're on the same side, but he does have a different perspective on this. And I would love to get both of you guys on the show one day just to talk about this and the pros and cons from both sides of, you know, why you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, what the danger is, his his uh, his commentary essentially boils down to um, the 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 delegation essentially becomes a second legislature, and why do we think we were going to get a different uh, you know a different uh, breakdown uh, of uh, you know of, of people that we would from the other side? And he's very concerned about what could be what else could be put in there, uh, especially if Roe v. Wade gets overturned and the amount of money that could be poured into the state and everything else. Um, and it made me think about some of the things. I, again, I'm still on the fence about it, uh, and I know you're running hard uh, on the pro con con side. But if you uh, if you have time next week, it would be an interesting conversation to have uh, to sit down with him for uh, for a debate for an hour and go over it. Yeah, I mean, you want to invite him in and change the day or something or whatever. I mean, I can certainly do that. I mean, I I have my reasons, Mike, and I go back to when Brad says something like or whoever says, you know, I'm concerned about these things. I'm like, all right, well then tell me, Brad, what's any different than now? What's any different? You know, I'm worried about the big money coming in and controlling the state. I'm like, really? Because that's not how it is. <laughs> I mean, right that's now. what they've been doing right now. I mean, that's the whole point. They're I mean, they control it. Right. What's the point? What are you losing? You have a chance to do it different. And I get it that you say, well, you know, we might have, you know, essentially a second legislature. Well, that's what it is. It's a legislature with plenary powers to look at the Constitution and propose amendments. That's the whole point of a constitutional convention. And you can't have legislators there. I agree with that. You might get some, which is why I think it needs to be set up to be happening during the legislative session. So regular legislators can't do it. One, two, they have to give up the seat. Fine. And then go run. And if you can run and get elected to be a delegate, so be it. But Mike, look back to the 55 original delegates. I go back to it. 49 men, six women, one native, one, right? Representing a state with, you know, 18 or 20 percent, you know, native Alaskan or indigenous or whatever, you know, word you want to use on it. And so this time it would be different. And basically all, almost all Democrats. This is a Democrat controlled state. Tell me when there's twice as many Republicans as Democrats and the state leans red, at least, how it would not be better today because you're going to get different representation. So it may or may not turn out like I have no idea. Nobody does. But I'm willing because of the changes in this state's makeup and who would probably go, it would at least be more balanced, and at least we would have a chance to entertain some of these ideas. And I still contend the wedge issue is the PFD. The legislature seems incapable of solving that problem. Maybe we'll pull a miracle out of a hat in the next couple of weeks, but I still think we would at least solve that thing, and it would be done. 
and taken care of and we can get to doing other business. So, you know, say what you want, have your position, that's fine. But I laugh when people say, oh, I'm worried about dark money and all the control they might have. You've already lost the state. You lost it years and years ago to control of all those big interests. You know, if that was not the case, Mike, then why are we not paying the PFP that helps people? Would we not be paying a PFP when we had the perfect storm of the pandemic and a crushed economy and people unable to work and no tourism and a tanking stock market and, and permanent funds? If, if big interest didn't control the state, why did we not give out some money from our own permanent? Uh-oh. I just lost you, Mike. Um, and, and you know, have, and I'm not saying that facetiously or sarcastically to throw a spirit people. I'm going, I hear the arguments, but they fall on deaf ears for me. All right, hold on, Mike. We lost you there for a minute, but we got you back now, but we're about to jump back into it. Hold the line. Here we go. All right, I want to say thank you to one of our sponsors of the program, and that is the Bivy Stick and our friends at Satellite West. You've, you've heard me talk about this, the Bivy Stick. It's a tiny little device. I mean, I just carry it in my pocket these days, pocket of my coat, pocket of my pants. This little tiny thing allows my phone to become a satellite communicator. I can send text messages. I can send emails. I can drop my location on a map and tell people, I'm here. Right? This is the ultimate piece of kit for an emergency bag, uh, for your pilots, your mariners, your snow machiners, your ATV trekkers and hikers. You want people to know where you are. You want to be able to get a hold of somebody at any time if you need to. The Bivy Stick, B-I-V-Y, like bivouac, Bivy Stick, is the way to do it. It's only 199 bucks. $199. Can, it's usable anywhere in the world. They've got plans uh, starting as low as 14 bucks a month. And uh, it's uh, it's compact. It's user-friendly. It's, uh, it's ruggedized. You get five days of continuous usage out of it on a single charge. In fact, I've only charged the thing once. And I've turned it on and used it uh, several times. Um, and I've had it for almost two months now. But if even a continuous, you just turn it on and leave it on five days of continuous use. And you got to think about it. If there's a disaster, an earthquake, a tsunami, uh, a zombie apocalypse, whatever it is, and the cell towers are going up and down or they're congested or you can't get through or whatever, you can always send a message on your bivy stick to somebody that you love and says, I'm okay. And here's where I am. Or if, uh, if, uh, you, uh, you, you, you hurt yourself or you get trapped or crash or whatever, it's got this little red button at the bottom, and you just pull up the flap and then mash the button, and it says, help me, I've fallen, and I can't get up, and here's where my location is. Or anything in between. You can set it to drop pins every 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 8 minutes, 2 minutes, and uh, so people can track you on your journey, whether it's on snow machine or plane or train or submarine or whatever. The baby stick. Well, maybe not the submarine because you can't see the sky. All right. Maybe. All right. Okay. So scratch the submarine. But uh, everything else, yeah. Unicycle, it'll work. 
So if you're a hunter, fisherman, snow machine, or doctor, truck driver, Avon lady, or soccer mom, here's the perfect addition to your little emergency kit that goes in your car or in your purse or in your whatever, ATV, plane, snowmobile, right here, the bivy stick. Available at your local dealers, Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks, South Central Radar on the Spit, Safe and Sound in Wasilla, Anchorage, and Soldotna, Radar Alaska and Kodiak, Communications North and Seward, and Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor. Only 199 bucks and no activation fees. Worth it. Worth it. Uh, <laughs> Jamie in the chat room says she got hers already. Um, and I showed this thing off all weekend when I was in Fairbanks. People wanted to know about it, and I had it in my pocket, and I was able to show it to them. A slick little unit, 199 from your friends at Satellite West. Thank you to Bivy Stick for sponsoring the program. Let's go back to Mike Shower. And um, uh, g- give him the floor for the final thoughts. I know SP39, you were just talking about it during the break. That's your big uh, That's your big push here as you get close to the end. Uh, election reform. You still don't have the report, I'm assuming, from the OMB on the division of elections. Uh, you know, whatever you want to nope. talk about here, you give it to me, man. You're, you're in charge. Yeah, election reform is something a lot of people want. I'm trying to still hold that together and try to get that done. Um, obviously, the PFD and the budget got it. That's been a battle every year. Uh, no, I don't have the report. I don't know at this point I'm ever going to get it from this administration. So whatever, we're going to continue to fight over that one from a report that I know was asked for and made for public consumption. Um, and I know that because the person that was requested to write the report and wrote the report told me that on the record, no less. So whatever. Um, and I hate to say I'm going to give up on it, but, you know, I did ask the Senate president for a subpoena again a week or two ago, and he told me this time he would look at it. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, Cause they gave a subpoena, you know, very freely to the alleged budget and audit committee to go after, you know, um, the board or whoever, right, right. you know, over the firing of Angela Rodell, so they can get like a bunch of subpoenas, but I can't get one for a public, supposed to be a public availability report. Kind of fishy to me, but whatever. Um, I still find that fascinating and frustrating. Uh, you know, that, that's really it, Mike. This is the end game for bills, you know, uh, coming up the next few weeks. Well, the end game on the PFD, the let's, Constitution Convention, blah, blah, blah. Let's so. come back real quick. You just said you asked the presiding officer a second time for a uh, for a subpoena and what was your answer uh he said he'd look at it this time or he kind of thought maybe i already had it I, I don't remember exactly but it was something like i'm like dude you know hey well the, the real thing that Gen- the genesis was i found out that the presiding officer in both bodies you know plus whoever had approved multiple subpoenas for uh senator von imhoff and whoever else the co-chairs are on the alleged budget and audit committee to do the spent a hundred thousand dollars and I didn't ask for any money um, and multiple subpoenas to go after whatever they're hunting on this, you know, Angela Riddell firing from the Alaska permanent fund corporation. And I'm just asking for a report that was designed and produced and written to be publicly available. And uh, I said, how come you approved those? But I didn't get it. He's like, Oh, what? he, I guess thought maybe I already had it or something, but it's odd because he has to approve it. What? Wait, so, a what? Um, wait, 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 was it the old, uh, Oh wait, you don't have that yet. My, let me look into that. Was that kind of the reaction? Well, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any, <laughs> I'm going to take it at face value because it did get lost in the shuffle. And for a while there, I stopped asking because I was so disgusted with the whole process. So, but, but like I said, what happened was once I found out that they had given subpoenas very freely, to the alleged budget not can make a wait a minute i never got a subpoena and mine's way simpler than that and probably far more important well it is more important because it's elect it's election stuff the whole state not one little person right 
So that's what the Genesis went back in. I was a little fired up and went back and it could be very true, Mike. It fell off our radar. So I'm not really trying to throw a spear there. I'm just saying it did. It, it, it came back up on the radar once that happened and made me think about it. And I, like I said, I had pretty much given up because it was clear this administration just wasn't going to give me that report without signing my life away right. to a non-disclosure agreement, which is just, I'm like, no, absolutely not. And my own legal counsel that I asked said, don't do it. They hold you at risk. Don't sign that thing just to look at that report because it puts you at risk. So I said, nope, not doing it. So anyway, well, I mean, that's they, where we are. I did ask again. Von so. Imhoff got her subpoena like three and a half, four weeks ago. So what's the holdup? Yeah. What's the? I, I what's, don't know. I probably need to ask that question again, Mike, because I keep asking it. But then you know things happen, like life, right? <laughs> like committees and bills and the budget battle and amendments and all that other stuff. And so you end up, it just drops off your radar for a week or two, and then you know because I can't. I mean, Mike, we have so many. You know this. We got so many freaking things going on, and I'm trying to you know plug my finger in so many holes in the dam as water's coming over the top of it. You just get overwhelmed. That's the reality. I, you know, if I had lots of money and I could hire my own professional CPAs and, you know, accountants and attorneys and private investigators, I could probably do a whole lot of stuff. But the reality is I got a couple staff and we're all pedaling as fast as we can. And there's just too many battles to fight. You just can't um, keep on top. Yeah. Right? I mean, you get bills come up every day and I'm trying to get people, regular citizens to help me. Right. I got a little group started that we send them the bills and go, can you, some people that are pretty good, can you research these please and give me information because we can't get to every bill coming up and know good things about it. When I, you know, remember I complained about that fishing tax bill right, right. thing a couple of weeks ago that I think whatever office it came from. And I'm like, holy crap, that just pissed me off because I voted for it and then found out it basically gave away the farm to, you know, fishing, you know, entities that don't even live in the state. And so this stuff happens, Mike, because you can't keep on top of it. I know people go, oh, that's your job. I get it. But you don't have the resources to do it all. And so it's very frustrating and then you ask something like, well, how come you're not looking at the spin? I'm like, guys, I just, I just, it just drops off the radar. I mean, it just, your well, plate's full and you're juggling, you start dropping balls. That's the reality. Well, of it. and the question is, so. the question is, why isn't the guy, I mean, this is a report, as you said, that was meant to be publicly allotted. Uh, it was supposed to be done. Uh, you know, it is finished. Yet every version of it that's been released is, you know, heavily redacted, like 90% of it's redacted. And so the question is, what are we trying to hide? What what I mean, this is a division of elections. This is not national security, the nuclear codes. This is the division of elections. What's going on know. with that? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I am as frustrated as anybody about that particular one. But, you know, I got to just keep doing what I'm doing and hope we're getting it right because there's information available that would help me, but it, I can't get it. So, oh, well. Uh, all right, Mike, two minutes. You you f- feel free to bloviate all you want here. Two minutes. Gee, I don't know what to talk about that we haven't already talked about. Um, you know everything that's happening right now. <laughs> I know everything. I wish I knew everything. All. I mean, I wish I knew everything. Again, I'm just trying to figure out why our own government is trying to hide certain things from us and our supposedly Republican governor, and I'm going to call it out on the governor on this. He's, I mean, I know it's the lieutenant governor's purview, but they're part of the administration and the lieutenant governor works for him. Why hasn't the governor gotten this thing out of the uh, out of the shadows? That, I mean, it just pisses me off. It really just makes me angry that we can't get that done. That This is something that should be out there. If it's embarrassing, deal with it. If it's embarrassing, fix the problem and deal with it. Just hiding it is not helping anything. You get the last word. Well, no, Mike, I've been very clear on this. This is one I'm actually very upset about, you know, the administration with because trying to be, you know, allies and partners on most things, and I think we are or have been, this one is very frustrating because this is 
something that you know they should very freely show and it was designed to be put out there so the fact they won't put it out has, has been very frustrating i've been very clear about yeah. that and open about it yeah well my friend um thank you for coming on board this morning i appreciate it after a whirlwind morning of train wrecks for me this was a much needed uh, much needed discussion thank you for coming on board and joining us we appreciate it all right you guys y'all take care we'll talk to you the next week or two uh, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. Mike Shower, final bite at the apple. There you go. Um, wh- whatever. Hit me with it, baby. Tell me how you're going to get me a full PFD. Tell me how you're going to reform elections. Tell me how you're going to do all that stuff. I want to know. Well, good luck. I guess we'll just see how it goes. I don't know what to tell you right now. We'll just have to see where the votes fall. So, this is the whole grow, don't grow weary and well doing thing. I mean, I I know that you guys are tired. I know that you're frustrated. I know that a lot of the pro PFD folks are tired of getting the beat down. And then when they don't deliver on what they're trying to deliver, not necessarily through lack of effort, but through lack of numbers. They get the crap kicked out of them all the way around by everybody else. And I just, you know, I I appreciate you. I know it's not easy. I know I couldn't do it because I would hurt somebody and it would be all over. I'd be in jail. So I'm glad that there's people down there like you uh, to get it done. Uh, but, you know, just tell us how we can help. That's all we need to know. How do we help? Don't give up. Keep calling. Keep trying, Mike. Do your best. All right. We'll, we'll do what we can. Plays out. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Good to talk with you. See you next week. All right, folks. Out of time. Got to go. Tomorrow's another day. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 